Did you know that you can live a life that's even better than the highest rank your company has to offer? My name is Emily Gibson. I'm a master network marketer and a certified life coach. There is more beyond the rank. And if you're willing to go with me, I can show you how. Let's go. It's Wednesday. We're halfway through the week. I feel like it's been a longer week for me personally. I don't know about you, but I have such exciting news. If you haven't heard yet, our podcast went live today. Beyond the rank. You can find it where any podcast exists. So anywhere that you listen to podcasts, that's where you're going to find it. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and like a million other places now. They can they have web hosting sites for so many different different platforms. So wherever you get your podcasts, that's where you go. You may have received an email from me this morning with the link on how to click directly on that podcast and leave a five-star rating and a review, AKA comment. And the reason why I'm having you do that on Apple podcast is because my goal was to have 300 comments and reviews the day that we launched. And so to reward you for helping me, because I'm so grateful that you would take 60 seconds of your time out of your day to do that. I'm giving away three $100 Amazon gift cards. And I'll be announcing the winners for that tomorrow at noon mountain daylight time on my coaching page, Emily Gibson coaching on Instagram. And then I will also send an email uh, congratulating them as well. So you can't win if you don't enter. And I would be so grateful if you would go and leave a comment. You can also subscribe and download the podcast there. And it's just going to be an easier way for you to catch the replay of all of these. So you don't have to sit and watch YouTube if you don't want to. If you like watching YouTube to catch the replay, totally fine. If you just want to watch them live, totally fine. But if you're like me, I just like to pull my podcast app up and I listen to thought coaching the entire time I work out every single day. I just pull it open and I press play wherever I left off the day before. It's where I start the next day. I don't even try to listen to a full call. I just listen to however many minutes I'm down working out. And then if I, you know, am on the road or I feel like listening to music, sometimes I'll do that instead, but it's been an incredible system for me to be able to get my daily thought coaching in so that I can fill my cup and then I have more to give to others. So yes, thank you so much. All right. Now I had an epiphany as I was getting ready for our call today. And it was because I sent a text message to a friend and the friend texted me back and said, I'm not free. And I immediately experienced the feeling of shame. And I didn't even realize that I'd had a thought in between. And oftentimes when you're new to coaching, but even if you're You've been around the block. Like I've been doing coaching every day for two years. 
I've had a self-coaching practice with myself. And what I mean by the word practice there is habit. I have a self-coaching habit every day where I do a model, uh, one thought every day. That's what I do. So if there's anything that's bothering me, I pick one thought a day, just make sure that it's part of like my morning routine. And so I want to teach you really quickly how to do that because this is a super powerful tool that you can utilize for yourself. And the better that you get at self-coaching yourself, the more you make this a habit or a practice, a daily practice, the more powerful you're going to be in not only helping yourself, but helping everyone around you. Okay. So my circumstance was sent, uh, uh, received text message. So received text. And then I had a thought that I didn't even notice I had. And then I had a feeling which was actually embarrassed. Sometimes I have a hard time differentiating if it's shame or if it's embarrassment, but it was actually more embarrassment. And the way I know it was between the two is because shame typically makes you feel like you want to hide. And I didn't want to hide. I wanted to apologize right back. So embarrassment was what I was feeling more. And what came up in my action line was I wanted to defend myself, urge to defend, uh, thought about texting back, I should have left more room for my A-line. I'm going to dip into here and have to scratch it out and move it down. That's okay. Uh, Thought about texting back. I, um, I didn't open the text message. So a lot of times we, we like to look at what we did do and what we didn't do. Cause a lot of times we can say, well, I know what I did, but what did you not do? Right? So I avoided opening message. And then I started catastrophizing in my head. Ability to ever be able to figure out problem on my own. Because I had texted her a question about my podcast and a question that I had for her about being able to see the comments or not being able to see the comments. And she texted back and said, I can't help you till tomorrow. And I had already known that, but I was hoping she would just like do it anyway, you know? And so then I had a thought, see how I left it blank here. The reason why I left it blank here as I'm filling out my model for you, and we'll move our R down here. 
since I took up all the space in my action line, which is really awesome. When you are trying to figure out what you're doing in your model, figuring out what your actions are, you want this to be really meaty and beefy, right? If you just put, I don't know, or nothing, then you've got to get more clear and specific on that, right? So here in my result line, let's go back and fill in my thought. Because I sat there thinking, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't even know. I, it's so weird. I don't even remember what my thought was, but I know I'm experiencing embarrassment. And anytime you feel a feeling and you're like, oh yeah, I'm just embarrassed and I don't know why. You can be like, because I had a thought. Like my first, when I, when I sat there and realized I was feeling embarrassed, I was like, oh my gosh, what thought did I have that made me feel embarrassed? Because I didn't even recognize that I had a thought here. And so I instantly thought, okay, I'm feeling embarrassed. What did I think that made me feel embarrassed? And then I realized it was the thought, I shouldn't have texted her. And because that's my thought, we know it's going to show up in my result line somehow, right? Because our thought always shows up in our result line, our R line. Our T line is our thought line. Our R line is our result line, right? So this just happened to me as I was putting on my makeup, getting ready for a call. See how just a simple thing you can put into a model and it doesn't have to be like a big life event. It's like I literally received a text message and this whole thought model happened within me. And it's doing these simple thought models once a day on little things that are insignificant that help you be able to be mentally strong enough to better handle the big things when they happen, right? Okay, so I received a text. I thought I shouldn't have texted her. I felt embarrassed. I had the urge to defend. I thought about texting back. I avoided opening the message. I catastrophized my ability to ever be able to figure out problem on my own. And my result is I'm not showing up as me, I think. Like I'm not feeling like myself. but there could be other result lines. I don't know if I'm resonating with that yet. Sometimes it takes a minute for me to get a full model and that's okay too. Sometimes I have to sit back and be like, what's happening here? I shouldn't have texted her. I'm not myself, right? Or I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm going to have to think about that one for a minute, but you can see how I did that. Now you know how to do that for yourself. Okay. All right. We are going to start with Kirsten. Is my microphone working? Can you hear me? Yep. Yay. I'm Yay. not a, 
an Apple person. I'm a, a Android. Android. They're trying to figure out how Apple does their things on their devices. It was a little little challenging, yes. but I figured it out. Yes. <laughs> yes. I know. I wish that all platforms like let you leave comments, but Spotify doesn't let you do that. So kind of interesting. All right. What can I help you with today? Well, first of all, I want to say thank you so much for opening up this platform and thank you to all the others that have gone before us because I can relate to just about something on everyone. And now I'm like, okay, I think I have all the answers I need. Now what? <laughs> yes. Uh, and how to apply it because I just, I keep coming back, whether it's my business my health journey, exercising, house cleaning, parenting, whatever, it always comes back to discipline. Mm. I need to be better with my discipline. Um, It really resonated with me um, about the buffering. Um, I used being a workaholic as my buffer. Me too. So I avoid the negative feelings because I don't want to get down that rabbit hole. Try to just put it away and just stay working on my day-to-day job. Um, and that's extremely busy right now. So trying to squeeze in my plexus has been challenging. Um, so I'm just trying to figure out, am I overwhelming myself? I'm putting too much on my plate and I need to back off? Or am I just buffering and... <clears throat> not addressing issues that I need to, to grow myself, to further improve myself, to build my business and, you know, the whole, the whole spiel. So that's kind of where I'm at and just listening to everyone. Um, I was listening to some while I was driving, doing um, my inspections and I was listening to, I think it was like yesterday's today in the car. Um, So I haven't been able to do many, um, many notes on them, but Everyone had some nugget that I got from. So I thank you so much. And I think I have it all in my head and all my notes. Now I'm like, okay, apply it. That's, I have all this information and I just need to apply it and I need to be disciplined. And I don't know why I keep self-sabotaging myself. I love that you brought all of this to coaching today. And I want to teach you something about the T-line that we haven't talked about yet. So anytime that your brain asks a question, it's always going to answer it with a thought. Mm-hmm. So as you're doing your self-coaching models or you're watching others be coached, sometimes you will think that your question goes in the thought line, but it doesn't. The question is where you start and the answer to your question goes in the thought line. Okay. So you asked yourself two questions and whenever we ask our brain a question, it will immediately answer it. And it doesn't always answer it in a positive, useful way. Right. Yeah. So (laughs) one of the questions that you asked was what, can you say it again? Um, why I have such a difficulty staying disciplined. And what is the answer to that? I think I'm buffering more than I realize. 
So you're not disciplined because you're buffering more than you realize. Yeah, I'm using the buffer as an excuse not to do the hard things. I buffer as an excuse to not do hard things. Okay. And when you think that thought, I buffer as an excuse to not do hard things, what emotion do you feel? Disappointment. And when you feel disappointment, what do you do? Then I start criticizing myself. And it just keeps going, you know, see, told you you couldn't do that. Yeah, I knew you wouldn't stay accountable. You know, it's that little little devil on the other shoulder that mm-hmm. gives you all the bad negative input. And so then, some, some self-criticism, <clears throat> some self-loathing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What else do you do? Um, then I just, I go into work mode with my day job. I'm a real estate appraiser. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just engulf myself in that and just, and then I noticed this past week, I guess last week's, um, stuff. I'm like, you know, when I have my days off, I don't have my days off. I use that to work. And I don't, don't really take enough time to re-energize. So then I'm just worn out every day. So no self-care. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, anything else you avoid other than avoiding self-care? Um, if, you're, if you're buffering with work, are you, do you have family that you live with? Are you married? Do you have children? Any of a single, single mom. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I spend the time with my daughter and we do stuff. Um, and I've just, I've just known it just hit me last week because even in high school, I would, I rode horses and trained and I would do all that instead of going out with friends because I was nervous about going out in public. So I would use that work. No, I can't go because I've got to take care of the horses. And it's just become, you know, now I'm like 51 and it's, it's like a habit now mm-hmm. um, that I've realized I, I need to take that time out for my daughter and show her a better, better way of taking care of yourself. So when you choose the thought, I buffer as an excuse to not do hard things, you feel disappointment. Yes. And then you criticize yourself. Mm -hmm. What was I thinking? You can't do this. Self-loathing comments or thinking. You work Mm -hmm. as a real estate appraiser. 
And does that mean that you are working on your phone or you're driving in your car or you're in your home working? It's, it's, it's a little bit of both. I mean, like right now I am in between inspections. I'm, I'm looking out at the intercoastal waterway as we are talking. Uh, I'm like, I need to find a peaceful place. I need to go find the beach. I can see the um, ocean in your glasses. It's actually really beautiful. I really, yeah. Okay. yeah. There's a big barge that drove by a little while ago that went past. Um, Do you ever, but, when you're out in your car working, and you're feeling disappointment, do you ever stop and get a soda or French fries or anything like that? French fries. I like them too. They're That's but, what I want in my last dying meal. If I know I'm <laughs> going to be dying, I want French fries and a Coke. That's, I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> and some and, um, vanilla soft serve ice cream. I like to dip my fries in it, but not every fry because I like the fry with the salt alone as well. I don't even need sauces if it's the right kind of fry. I can't do that, but I can do your mayonnaise trip. Oh yeah, I do like, she's talking about fry sauce, which is a Utah thing. Yeah, Yeah. I prefer barbecue sauce and mayonnaise together for mine, but the customary way is ketchup and mayo. Anyway, (laughs) back to your model. Yes. So possibly some eating when we feel disappointed. Uh-huh. Okay. And then sometimes I catch myself and I'm like, no, don't go down that road. I'll play some music or I'll listen to a podcast. Oh, okay. So sometimes we play music when we're disappointed or listen to podcast. Uh-huh. See how we got so clear on what's happening in her action line. And we're even unearthing things as I'm asking questions for clarification about the things that she's telling me in her action line. Right. Yeah. Okay. And what's the result that you're getting from all this? I'm not proud of myself. Okay. I'm not proud of self of myself. I feel like I recognize, and especially listening to these through the weeks, I've been recognizing it. And now I'm like, okay, do I need to stick a rubber band on my wrist and snap it to to remind me, hey, stop that. You need to go do this. I'm I'm just trying to figure out, okay, we've got these thoughts. And I probably can go deeper with these thoughts, but how do you work on changing them? Is punishing ourselves going to help us feel more <clears throat> proud of ourselves? No. It's interesting though that that's what your brain thought to do to solve the problem. It was like in your action line, you thought, yes. "Oh, I'll get a rubber band and I'll self-inflict something negative." Uh, okay. To remind me, but. Is that going to help you? And and maybe you don't want to feel more proud of yourself. No, I just want to... Do you want to feel more proud of yourself? I want to feel proud of myself. And I should be proud of myself for the things that I've done through my lifetime. Mm -hmm. But those bad videos and recordings in my head just keep playing. And it's like, enough, stop. 
mm-hmm. and trying to stop them and put in a new play, a new, you know, new words. Um, I guess, so, I don't know. Sometimes I keep thinking it, it almost sounds like you're trying to re-brainwash yourself into mm-hmm. positive thinking and not negative thinking. Right. Yes. And, and to an extent, we we can interrupt our own thinking if we just decide we don't want to think it anymore. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? We we do want to allow ourselves to process and experience negative emotion, but sometimes we've just done it so many times that we just, the way I've described it before is getting the biggest, fattest, black permanent marker and in your mind, you have this thought and then a feeling and right before you go to take the action, you just draw a big line between your feeling and your action. And I like to like picture and close in my head and just be like biggest, fattest line. I'm feeling disappointed and I am not going to work to buffer out of it because I'm done with this. I'm done with the result. I'm not proud of myself. I'm done experiencing that. And every time that you pick this thought, I buffer as an excuse to not do hard things. Your result is always going to be, I'm not proud of myself. That's what comes in the equation here when you pick that thought. So I need to come up, I need to have a different thought. Well, before we even move to a different thought, we're not going to be able to move to a different thought until we understand why we're thinking the thought we're thinking right now. So a lot of times <coughs> we rush it. We're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I don't want to feel this way. So I'll just change my thought. I'll thought swap. Right. And I did that with a lot of you in the beginning, in the first couple of weeks that I did my program, when I was just coaching people one-on-one thought swapping, cause it, it just feels so nice. It's like, oh yes, fix me. Perfect. Yeah. Fix me. Okay. And one of the things that, uh, one of the thought models I worked on this morning in, uh, a program called self-coaching scholars that I do is I had the realization that one of my thoughts I'm choosing is I'm making it mean that I'm worthless if so-and-so doesn't do such and such a thing, right? And I don't want to believe that anymore. I want to believe that I feel worthy, whether or not they approve or not, but I'm not quite there yet. Right. And so in your situation, what I want to ask you is how would you show up? How would you show up in your life if you were proud of yourself? I would stand taller, have a probably a happier look on my face. Okay. Feel more joyful. And that would bring in more inner energy, give me more energy. And what type of a person would you be if you weren't buffering as an excuse? I 
I think I'd be more confident. What would that look like? Doing the tasks I say that I'm going to do. Um, being more, being disciplined in the things that I do. Um, and when you say disciplined, how would you show up as a more disciplined person? For me, getting in the exercise that I need to do. Um, making the healthier choices, fighting those, those urges, you know, like in the car, when I end up going down that rabbit hole, don't use the excuse. Oh, I didn't pack anything. I need to go stop by the fast food. Um, and have the, have the discipline to make the better choices. What's a, what's, what's a better choice? Uh, instead of going through the fast food drive through walk into the grocery store and get something healthier, a healthier choice. What's, uh, what's a healthier choice? Uh, like a veggie pack. Why is it healthier? They're vegetables <laughs> and, not, and not the fried food and not the Diet Coke. I've got plenty of waters. I drink, I drink a lot of waters, but you know, I still have that habit of wanting to have at least one of the Diet Cokes. So I'm getting the... Why is that a, why is that a problem? Because Diet Coke isn't healthy for you. Why? Because it has the aspartame in it. And what's wrong with that? It's, it's not good for your body. It mimics sugar. It confuses your body. It's not going to help, you know. Water's better. I know how, you know, like I'll switch, I do the sparkly water and I'll get a flavor enhancer or mix my slim in it. Um, but I don't do that all the time. I'm asking you all these questions because I want to know in a really clear way what you think and why you're thinking it, right? Because in your mind, there's this black and white thinking that I'm observing here where you're like, there's good and there's bad. And I always pick the bad. Mm -hmm. And what if there was just food and stay with me here because I know that we have opinions about what's healthy and not healthy. Right. And I'm not saying you should or shouldn't eat or drink the diet Coke or the fried food. But what I want to get to the bottom of here is what if there's just food? And some of you are like, oh, she's so wrong. There's good food, there's healthy food, and there's unhealthy food. And it's so clear. And like, what is she even saying right now? It's thought coaching, Emily. Remember, thought coaching, Emily, is here with you today. Yeah, I'm trying trying to figure out where you're getting at, but I, 
my thought process is when I pick the bad choices, it does not help me in my health journey. So I have not stuck with my discipline and I've disappointed myself. Well, it's so interesting because do you set a protocol for what you're going to eat every day? Not every day. So then how do you know what's, what's, what you're supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do? Because I need to plan for it. But you aren't right now, correct? Right. There, you know, it's, it's a handful. Some days I will, some days I don't. Some days I get so, home and I'm just like, tired. it's almost like it's no wonder you're so confused around what's good and bad and what you should and shouldn't do and what you want to be proud of yourself for and what you're not going to be proud of yourself for because there's been no protocol set up. Mm-hmm. So is it possible that the version of you that is more disciplined sets a protocol for what to do ahead of time? Yeah, like when I do the time blocking the night before, Mm -hmm. my day is more successful. Why? Because I have time frames of doing stuff and I don't go off into a rabbit hole of scrolling through Facebook during lunch or um, spending too much time on on one part of work. and I've noticed, like, if I give myself an hour to work on one report, I get more done than just say, okay, today I'm going to work on that report. So it it's sounds like, like you're actually a very disciplined person. I don't feel like I am. Why not? Because I don't do that every day. If Why I did that you? every day. You don't do that every day in your job? No. You're not no. disciplined every day in your job and time block where you need to be. You don't, you don't get your work done every day in your job. Not, not in the way I would like to. I mean, but, I have to get it done because I have deadlines and I have to right. meet them. So you do get your work done every day in your job because there's a protocol and a deadline. Mm-hmm. So when are you disciplined in your life? at my work because I have those, I have somebody else giving me that deadline that I have to meet and I have to get things done. Um, you know, in the, in the plexus business, I would try to squeeze it into little nooks and crannies. But if I send a message to someone during lunch break, they didn't answer me till after lunch and I'm busy trying to get work done. And then I forget about them or not write them down to message them that night. It's just a, to me, it's, it's like a snowball effect. Um, not staying on top of it. It's almost like what I'm seeing here is you don't have your own back. Right. But when you have your own back in your other job, you get it done. Mm -hmm. So what's the difference between your plexus work and your other job? And I know that you think 
It's because you have a boss at your other job. Well, my boss is my dad. <laughs> so. Could be anyone. Yeah. Um, sometimes I feel like maybe I don't. Um, No, um, that I'm putting the plexus. What's the the difference between the two? They're both work, are they not? They are. um, My appraising work, I know I get, I will get paid. Um, With the plexus, you, I understand. I completely understand it. I understand the business model. I love the business model. I love the residual income. But I, I guess I, I put it on the back burner. It's not why a top priority because my other job gives me the money I need to pay the bills and take is care it, of them. Is it possible that your plexus business could give you the money to pay the bills if you put as much time into it as your appraiser job? Yes how long it would take to get to that point. I don't know. (laughs) Um, Right. And then your brain goes, and I I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but just hypothetically speaking, it goes too long. I I mean, I would bet money on it that that's what your brain responds to that question. It would take too long. Just stick with this. This is, this is for sure. This is, we know we can rely on this. And we can rely on ourselves to get it done because we have this boss. But you're like giving all of your power away in that scenario mm-hmm. because who's really getting your work done? You are. You're really yeah. getting your work done, okay. right? Except when, I have- <laughs> except when you don't have your own back, then you don't get your work done. And and what I see here is in one situation, you're thinking, I get it done because I have to. But you don't really have to get your work done. You want to because there's a protocol. You have to turn your work in, right? There's a consequence if you mm-hmm. don't. And so, but in your plexus business, your thought is, I buffer as an excuse to not do hard things. And it's, there's no protocol here, right? Like when I help people, just as an example, when I coach people to drink less, like people who over drink and I coach them on drinking, one of the things that I always encourage them to do, there's like three rules. If you're going to have a drink, you have to make a plan 24 hours ahead of time. If you're going to drink or not, and I need to know how many drinks you're going to have. And then you stick to the plan and that's all you do, right? The same thing works for people that I coach with weight loss. If you are going to eat something off your protocol, like for example, you might tell me I'm going to go to the grocery store Monday through Friday instead of fast food. And, and I'm going to buy these three foods every single day. And 
The only way you're allowed to go off protocol is if you make the decision 24 hours ahead of time. And you say, tomorrow, 24 hours from now, I'm going to get French fries and a Coke from McDonald's. And I'm making the plan ahead of time. I've decided it's what I want to do. And so I'm going to go off protocol tomorrow and I'm going to do it. And the reason why, whether I'm coaching someone who's over drinking or overeating, or in this situation with you, where you're believing that you're buffering as an excuse to not do hard things, what I want to encourage you to see here is that when you have a protocol and you stick to it without giving in to the urges to buffer or avoid or do other things. If you make the decision 24 hours ahead of time to skip something, then you know you're making it from your prefrontal cortex versus when you're in the moment and you're like, oh, I don't really want to do my plexus right now, so I'll just skip it today. That's coming from your lower brain, your primitive brain. And it's just trying to be efficient, but it's just not serving you, right? Now, if we're going to skip something, if we're going to go off protocol, if we're going to decide that we're not going to work in our specified time that we have set to work, then we have to decide 24 hours ahead of time that we're going to skip it. And the reason why this is so powerful is because most of the time, your decision-making part of your brain, your prefrontal cortex is going to be like, that's not a good idea. We don't want to do that. That's not in line with the result we're looking to get here. I want to be proud of myself. And I've made the protocol that every day from 2 to 3 p.m., I'm doing my plexus business. And I'm not going to go off that protocol. In fact, I'm going to make sure I schedule appointments around that time. Because from 2 to 3 every day, or whatever you decide, I'm going to work my plexus business. Unless ahead of time, at least 24 hours ahead of time, you decide there's a wedding that I'm going to go to tomorrow and it's at 2 p.m. And I'm going to miss my plexus time. But I'm deciding right now that that's what I'm going to do. And I am going to work from 10 to 11 a.m. instead tomorrow. I'm going to go off protocol and I'm going to do it a different time or I'm going to skip it all together. But it's a decision that you make 24 hours ahead of time so that you know you're making your decisions from your most brilliant part of your mind, which is your prefrontal lobe, your decision-making lobe. Decision-making cord- <laughs> decision-making part of your brain. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. And what's happening right now is all of your decisions around working your business are being managed by your lower brain. And And that's why when I plan out the day before, it feels more successful. Yes, because you're using your prefrontal cortex. Gotcha. And you're like, yeah, this is a good decision. This is what we're going to do. And your lower brain is not disciplined (laughs) at all. Your prefrontal cortex is. And with your normal job, what I'm seeing you do, your your real estate appraisal job, you're making all of your decisions from your prefrontal cortex. Mm -hmm. 
And then in your plexus business, you're making all decisions from your lower brain and you're like, and I don't know what's wrong. I can't figure it out why I'm just not disciplined. And you think it's because you're just not disciplined. Gotcha. Okay. And you think it's because you just buffer as an excuse to not do hard things. But I mean, I've had my house appraised many times and an appraiser's job is a hard thing. You have to be incredibly disciplined in your work. Do you not? Yeah, especially now. Yeah. Uh Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's a thought error happening here. And you're not being honest with yourself. Right. And then your lower brain's like, and I just don't know why we're not successful. We're such a victim of our undisciplined self. And it's like this little fairy tale that's going on. And then in your, in your real estate job, you're like this boss that like gets all your stuff done and super disciplined and makes time for your daughter. But then we have these lies that we believe about ourselves in our, in our plexus business. And we may even have some lies there around our eating habits. We don't know because we didn't do a model on that. Mm -hmm. But the same theory applies. This is, I love coaching people on overeating, over drinking, things like that, because it's so fascinating to see what you think you're doing and why you're doing it. But it all, it all applies. Like the same, the same things that you do from your lower brain when you're over drinking or overeating or not you, but if someone is, it's the same exact things that you're giving into in other areas of your life, like underworking or overworking. <clears throat> that totally opened up a whole window. Tell me. I'm ready to go home and time block my day tomorrow. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. And some days you might not. And your lower Mm -hmm. brain will be in charge. And you'll be like, remember, we were going to stick to protocol. Mm -hmm. And that's where you take your power back, right? And just like when I'm coaching someone who is trying to get a hold of over drinking in their life. I just use this as an example because it's such a good example. And I know many of you don't drink, I don't drink, but it's just, it's such a good example. I love it. And, and here it is. It's, you have a protocol that you're going to have two drinks tomorrow, 24 hours from now. And you get to that moment and you drink your two drinks and you're like, but I want a third and I've already had two. So what's one more? In your situation, well, I got my work done yesterday, so I'm just going to like, I'm just going to buffer today. I mean, I, I kept my time block open. It's two to three. I, I, this is when I do my plexus business and like, you know, I did my posting and I did my, I did my follow-up, but like, I'm not going to do my reach outs because I'm just going to, you know, buffer. I'm just going to criticize myself right now, or I'm just going to play music or listen to a podcast and we'll just count that. Right. And you go off protocol and then you're like, oh my gosh, why are we even trying? 
Why did mm-hmm. I think I could do this? And then you're like, oh, here I am again. Right. And instead of thinking that you've fallen off a wagon, which I don't like that phrase, using that word mistake that we talked about yesterday and developing this belief around mistakes are how I get closer to my future self where I'm proud of myself. This is just a mistake. That's all. And I'm going to stick to my protocol tomorrow. Unless I decide 24 hours in advance that I'm not going to. And if I skip it, then it's planned ahead of time and made from my prefrontal cortex, not my lower brain. Because your lower brain is like, ugh, this is like not even efficient to do this plexus work. Like we can make way more money, way faster, way more reliable in our real estate job. So skip this little time block from two to three because like we can just move on to the next and we can just like be more efficient lower brain. Mm-hmm. How do you read my mind? <laughs> I paid a lot of money to get room. trained to be able to do this. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay. It's well, I'm so excited. Powerful, to right? Everywhere. Yes. Mm-hmm. Love it. Thank you so much for being coached today. I can't wait to see what you do yeah. with this. Thank you. And I'm remember, very excited. Mistakes happen. It's how we reach the future version of ourselves that we so badly want to be. Where we yeah. think and 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 spend some time around thinking about. How would I show up as a person that is proud of myself? And what does the future disciplined in my plexus business version of myself look like? What and we we have to make decisions from the what the future self would do. Not who we are right now. We want to we want to look at who we want to be in the future and then How would that person behave in this moment right now and make decisions with our prefrontal lobe from our future self to who we are now? Mm -hmm. So powerful. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. Okay. Now, Alicia, is it Alicia or Alicia? Because I'm not sure now. (laughs) It's Alicia. Alicia, it's your turn. Hi. Hi. Well, gosh, I could relate a lot to that one. Um, Isn't it crazy how it happens that way? (laughs) So cool. Yeah. um, I I really wanted to talk real real similar almost to what, I can't remember what was her name. (laughs) Oh, that was Kirsten. Kirsten. Yeah. I could relate a lot to what Kirsten was saying. I feel like I've been on this journey the last just over a year, um, it kind of started with that May momentum movement that you and Brooke did last, the beginning of last summer, just realizing a lot of the really gross thoughts that I had in my own head. Like I had a time of journaling, like, and was just really realized some really gross thoughts that I was sitting in and letting myself, um, like, yeah, just like washing myself in this, in these really gross thoughts about myself and just realizing how victim, how, how so many of those thoughts were so victim focused. Um, 
and I've been working on it. And I will say like over the past like year and year and a half, almost like it feels like two steps forward, one step back at times where it's like, I feel like I'm on a great path with changing my thoughts and, and, um, and replacing them. And then you fall back and then like two steps forward and fall back. Um, and so I just want to like, I mean, I, I know that I struggle a lot with just my own like self-worth, self-confidence, um, fear of rejection, fear of what other people think or say. Um, yeah. And so I just, I want to have a better belief in myself, better like self-confidence, self-worth. I really want, I kind of had to take some time out of my Plexus business as I was wrestling through a lot of these thoughts. Um, and, and I feel like I'm at a whole lot, a much better place now. And now I'm trying to figure out kind of how to pivot and like, I'm ready to, I want to be ready to talk more about Plexus from the, I kind of fell into the Plexus business on, on, on accident. It wasn't something I was looking for. And I didn't, I really just focused so much on the products um, originally because of how much they helped me and my mom and some of my friends. And I really want to pivot and talk more about the business. And I don't, and I feel like I really lack the confidence or know what to say there. And so I just keep stalling in, in that pivot that I want to make. Um, and I, I want to grow and like, how do I, and, and you kind of started talking about like thought swapping. And so I'd like to hear more about how, if it's not thought swapping, how, how do I keep momentum movement in the, in the better thoughts that I want to have and want to hold on to so that I can take the actions that I want to be taking? Well, first of all, we have to let go of this idea that there are better thoughts than others and okay. understand that there are just thoughts. Okay. And re release judgment of ourself that we have good thoughts or bad thoughts. We just have thoughts. They're interesting thoughts. Okay. Right? And one of the things that, um, that I think is always so fascinating, and I do this as well, <laughs> is when we're experiencing something negative that we don't want to experience we think that changing the circumstance is going to fix it. Hmm. Like you said, I was having these struggles with self-confidence and self-worth. And so I had to stop doing my plexus business because I just, I had to, had to get out of that circumstance. Hmm. Right. Not saying that it was wrong or right. Just interesting how our brain tends to want to change the circumstance and it thinks that that's going to fix it. But it doesn't because it's in the thought that we're, the thought is the root cause of it. And okay. our brain, our lower brain is like, no, 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 remove ourselves from the situation. We need to get out sure. of danger because we have to go back in the cave and put the rock in front of it. So the lion doesn't eat us. That's outside. <laughs> right. But really, yeah. the only danger that we are in is emotional pain. That's it, right? Even, uh, I mean, even if we go to like the far extreme, and some people are going to disagree with me on this, and that's totally fine. But just for example's sake, you go to the far extreme. The only thing that's, that's painful about death are the thoughts we have when it's happening. And we might have physical pain, but emotional pain right? It's just the thoughts. It's, it's what we think when we encounter a circumstance in our life that's painful. 
The emotion only comes after a thought. Like today when I felt embarrassed and I was like, what thought did I just have? Like, where did that come from? This is so weird. Right. And I had to go back and be like, oh, I had this like split second thought. I shouldn't have texted her. And then I felt embarrassed. And then all these things start popping up. And I'm like, ooh, I want to get, I want to be done with this feeling. Right. (laughs) Danger, danger, danger. (laughs) Okay. So one of the things I heard you say was, I just keep stalling. When's the last time you thought that? Do you have a specific example of when this has happened recently? Um, I mean, even like, um, well, like last week I had time blocked and set aside time to work like team stuff or even, um, even Monday I was planning on working, um, like my planning out team page posts and, and I didn't do it. I've got this post in my head that I'm swirling around, think, keep thinking about, and I haven't written it down. Okay. So you, uh, you had time scheduled to work, right? There was time scheduled to work and you sat down to work and you thought, I just keep stalling. Um, did I think that, um, I don't know if I thought that per se, like, so this was last week. I've this week, I've other, I haven't been good this week with the time blocking, but last week when I was trying to set that, um, protocol and do those time blockings, like I, I found other things to do that were got the, got a result faster, uh, like, um, something else needed to be done. And I say, and I say that in quotes, right? Needed to be done. It was just, it was easier, right? And I know that, and I know when I'm buffering, it's just making myself sit down and do like the hard, like what Kirsten was saying, like right. hard stuff. And you, so you sat down to work and you did other things. And then you thought, I just keep stalling. I just want to, I want to get really clear on when you're, when we finding an example and if, and it's fine if we don't have an example of this, but if this is a thought that you're having often, I want to, I'm curious about when it's coming up for you, what the trigger is for when it's coming up for you. Um, I just keep stalling. Yeah, I feel like I, I feel like I just lack some of the confidence of what to say or how to um like how to talk more about the business or how to um and instead of figuring that out and like digging in and learning that, I do something that's easier. And then I know you how think, to do right. And, the, I go and, for something that's more comfortable. And then you think I just keep stalling at that point. Yeah, I think so. So is there a recent business conversation that happened where you thought this or you went to go learn how to talk to someone about the business or? No. Just, it's just in general. I just, when I ask you, how is your business? You would describe it as I just keep stalling. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay. So when you think about your business, we can just put my business as the circumstance. And then I just keep stalling. And when you think I just keep stalling, what feeling comes up for you? Um, I, I think the first thing I think of is disappointment. And when you feel disappointment, what do you do? I go try to find something else that is easy. Like, right. I'm a mom of lots of kids. So there's always something in the house to do that I can film that is even get a sense of worth and accomplishment from whether it's, you know, putting dishes away or folding. I find something else to do that gives me a sense of accomplishment. I know that I struggle with getting my worth from what I do. And so, um, yeah, so that's where I'm seeing myself going to do something where I can check the box of some task where I feel like, oh, I accomplished something today. Therefore, I have worth. And it's so interesting because then you get an instant hit of dopamine sure. in your brain right away. And it positively reinforces that you're doing what you should be doing. Sure. Yeah. When you feel disappointment, you're like, Mm-mm, I got to get out of this. This is no <laughs> bueno. I'm going to go put the dishes away, tidy up the house, check off any, any box or task any box, that yeah. with my, with my house or family is what I heard you say. Kids, lots of kids. And then you're feeling accomplished. Mm-hmm. Anything sure. that's going to give you that feeling of accomplishment, <laughs> which is interesting because then right there we have to, we, we know we're heading into another model when you have a new feeling because a new feeling is going to come from a new thought. So there's probably a model on top of a model there, right? Where all of a okay. sudden you're just like, and I'm, I'm so good at this. Right. And I don't know because I, we're, I don't want to get into that other model, but just for example's sure. sake, if you're doing it to feel accomplished, then there's a thought that comes when you are putting the dishes away where you're like, yep. And this is, I'm amazing. Or I'm so good at this, or I, I never stall at this. Right. And then automatically here comes the dopamine and here we go. We're on to a new thought and a new model and a new feeling, but let's back it up to this feeling of disappointment, right? When we Mm -hmm. feel disappointment, We buffer with putting dishes away, tidying up the house, check a box of any task with house or family. Um, When you're doing those things, before you feel accomplished, are there any, um, anything going through your mind about your ability to do the business? Yeah, I think I, I think I know how to do whatever that task that I picked instead, the alternate task. I feel like I know and have confidence. I know how to do that. I don't quite know how to do this. This is uncomfortable. This is awkward. This is putting myself out there for rejection. Um, And so it's running away from that fear. And so it's almost like there's judgment of self happening here as well. Because we're thinking about how we're going to be 
or how others are going to perceive us and just assuming it's going to be in a negative way. Sure. And we're like already deciding what we're going to think about ourselves and like judging ourselves for that ahead of time almost. Maybe doing a little bit of futurizing here. Uh, possibly even judging others because you're judging what you think they're going to think a little bit. Sure. And the result of all of this is not, I feel accomplished. Although you, you know that you go right into a new model there and you have this model laying on top of another model, Mm -hmm. one where you're feeling disappointment and then another one where you're feeling accomplished. But the one where you're feeling disappointment from the thought that you chose, I just keep stalling when you think about your business. What's the result that comes each time that you think I just keep stalling? It's just a, like a bad cycle. I don't, it doesn't help me actually do the work that I want to do. I just continue to stall. (laughs) the result that I wrote down for you is I get in my own way yeah. or I stall or I don't do what I said I was going to do. I don't keep my word to myself. Like any of these Mm -hmm. things could be your result line, right? Yeah. And so why do you keep telling yourself that you just keep stalling? Just afraid to do afraid to do the what needs to be done why that I'll fail at it that I won't be good at it and why is that a problem because I know I know that I put a lot of my self-worth in what I do and my like the results that I get and that's why I'm afraid that if I don't have those guaranteed results and I'll then you'll what I'll have more negative negative feelings and negative thoughts about myself aren't you already having those right now yeah when I think about my when I think about my business so that's why I avoid and I go do all those tasks that I can do and I feel so how do I get my like self-worth from somewhere else? That's the thought error. We can't get our own self-worth extrinsically. And right now you are. It's showing up in your action line. Right now you're getting your self-worth from putting away the dishes, tidying up the house, checking off the box, da 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 And you're like, and why do I still not feel worthy? Right? And so the question that I am currently asking myself around this is how would you show up as a worthy version of yourself? How would it feel to be worthy of yourself? Because right now, what I see you doing is you're giving and putting all of your self-worth 
into the hands of extrinsic things like putting away the dishes, taking care of my house, doing things for my kids. Mm-hmm. And you've given all your power away to that. And it's like an easy dopamine hit. And you are chemically rewarded for it every time you do it. And you're like, yep, here we are. Feels so nice. Right? Yeah. But then you're out. But then how do we know that you're buffering? How do we know it's a buffer? Who remembers this from yesterday? Who was on? How do we know it's a buffer? I watched it, but I can't remember. Because when there is a net negative in our result line from it, see your actions of (laughs) your actions of putting dishes away, tidying house, checking off things. And at the end of the day, your result is I get in my way. Mm -hmm. There's a net negative result. So that's how we know it's buffering that you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so what in your mind, you're like, yep. If the dishes validate me, if getting the tasks done around in the house validate me, if, if all those things mean that I have worth, then I can only feel worthy when I do those things. And if I don't do those things, I can't feel worthy. Okay. And so in your plexus business, you tell yourself, I just keep stalling. And then you're doing the things that are easy for you in your business. But when the hard things are coming, you're avoiding them like the plague and you're doing only extrinsic things that make you feel accomplished in the moment. Yes. And the result is I get in my own way. What do you think about that? Yeah. And I, I really see that. I see myself doing that. I see, yeah, how I do that. I just don't know how to get out of it. (laughs) What do you think about this idea of envisioning your future self that is worthy regardless of achievement. Can we picture that person right now? Uh, regardless of achievement, that, that, I think that part, um, I'm not sure how, how do I? Let's get really curious about it because I love to start with first compassion of self right? (laughs) And then curiosity, right? So curiosity of why is it better to have achievement? Why is it better to have achievement over? Is it better to have achievement? Like that's what I've always heard or believed. And what do you believe about that? About that that's what I've always heard and believed. 
that um, achievement is what? Achievement, I guess, I, I've always believed or always had in, like, the baseline that my worth comes from what I achieve. Why is that? Because... Um, I, I, I feel like I only get like praise or accolades from when I do something good. And what is it about that praise that you like? It makes me feel good about myself, right? And again, there's that external motivator. Yeah. And then you're right. Getting- I mean, it goes back to like, you know, childhood and getting good grades and being a good girl and doing all the right things. Um. So one of the things that would be so powerful for you here is to start questioning, can I be a good girl and achieve nothing? And if the answer is no right now, that's okay. If the answer is no, I can't, then the question you ask yourself next is, why not? And allow your mind to go to these places. And explain to someone, not someone, but (laughs) explain to this person, this invisible friend in the corner, why you can't be worthy without achievement. Or picture explaining that to your child and see what comes up. Yeah. Because my guess is that there's going to be a lot of thoughts that come up that you might not necessarily even believe are true. But you're holding on to them as truth. But then if you're like, well, I don't even know if I believe that. Sure. Or you might think, No, like you cannot have worth if you have no achievement. Like I believe that and here's why. And then you explain it to yourself. Like sit and journal it out. Why do I believe this? What do I think? What do I, what do I really want to, and and is that what I really want to believe here? Maybe believing this has served you for your entire life. Like maybe it served you in elementary school to believe that that's true, right? Like be a good girl, get good grades, have achievement. And you're like, this served, this is like done great things for me for a really long time. Except now it's totally giving me a result that's negative of I get in my own way. Yeah. Right? Like one of the things that I'm working on right now (coughs) is I... What, what used to serve me in confidence was believing that I walk in a room and I know I'm the best. And I was raised to believe that that was how you developed a healthy sense of self-confidence. 
And it has served me well for a really long time until it didn't anymore. Because now what I noticed is when I believe that I'm the very best in the room and that I'm better than everyone else, it actually brings on feelings of like just negative emotion where I end up trying to compare myself to everybody in the room, be defensive. And then my result is I don't like me. And so sometimes we will have a belief that has literally served us well our entire life. Like I have been a confident person my whole life because of this. And it's given me a a positive or, or this is, (laughs) this is even, even the crazier part is that we think it served us really well our whole life. And really, if we look back on it, we're like, except for all those people that told me (laughs) I come off as like being really conceited till they really get to know me. (laughs) Right. Sure. So like we think it served us so well, or maybe it didn't serve us as well as we thought, but we're having this awareness now that maybe this just isn't serving us anymore and we're ready to let it go. So how do you let it go? What's the answer to that? Like what's coming up for you when you think about maybe letting this belief go? And I'm not saying that you should or you shouldn't. You can hang on to this for the rest of your life and it's totally fine. And I mean that. But what's coming up for you when you think about letting it go? Freedom. Oh, interesting. How so? Just freedom from the pressure. Okay. Pressure to pressure to do something. Pressure to be someone. Pressure to do achieve something. Yeah. So maybe this. Maybe there's this question you can also ask yourself: Is it possible that achieving nothing sets me free? And then when you're feeling disappointment, when you think I just keep stalling and you feel the urge to go put the dishes away, what I want you to do is just sit there and just feel disappointed and resist the urge to put the dishes away. Don't even tell anyone to do it. Just let them be undone. And you're, (laughs) I want you to notice what happens. Like you might become really agitated. And like, oh my gosh, but I want you to sit in that feeling of disappointment as long as humanly possible, because the urge to put the dishes away is just your lower brain saying, I need a dopamine hit and I need it right now. Yeah. And you're just using your brain as a drug, right? to self-soothe. 
But if you just sit in the disappointment, that's how we process it and eventually let it go. And that's where we get to take that big fat black marker and draw between the F and the A line and be like, I'm so tired of believing that I just keep stalling and feeling disappointed. I'm not going to get up and do those dishes because I don't even need to achieve anything or accomplish anything today. I'm worthy just sitting here because I'm a human being and I have worth regardless of what I achieve or not. And you might have thoughts that come up and be like, no, you're not. And you could be like, maybe you're right. (laughs) But what if you're wrong? And you just sit and have that inner dialogue with yourself. You hear the thought, you answer it back. Maybe, could be, you might be right. Could be wrong too. What if I'm wrong? Like, what would that look like? Just sit and make space for that. Yeah. Yeah, I like that um, kind of objective, like stepping back and looking at the thought and the feeling instead of like letting it pull you down the drain. (laughs) You want to know why you like it? Because it's pretty. Because it's you're back in control with your free with your prefrontal cortex. Sure. Right? Like when you're in your lower brain, cleaning, organizing, putting things away, you've given all of your power away to external motivation. Mm-hmm. And that's always going to give you a net negative result. Mm-hmm. But when we are stepping back, using our prefrontal lobe, Thinking about our thinking, most advanced human brain to ever live on earth. You're already the smartest person in the room because you have a human brain, right? (laughs) And that allows you to feel this freeing feeling of like, maybe I could go beyond the wreath. You know what I mean? Yeah. So awesome. All right. Thank you for your vulnerability today, both of you, Kirsten, as well. This is phenomenal. So, so good, guys. So, so good. You can share the recordings with anyone you want right now. You can tell someone to hop on the calls. It's all here for you. If I don't have your email yet, though, make sure you go give that to me on my website, emilygibsoncoaching.com. Don't forget, please remember to go today, Wednesday, the 25th, and write a review of the podcast, Beyond the Rank, and give a five-star rating, please, if you have time. Would so appreciate it. Love you guys. We'll see you back here tomorrow. is your life coach. If you don't have one, I would be so honored to be your coach. I've created a virtual program called Beyond the Rank that I want to invite you to join me in. We can address challenges, 
We can work on goals and we can do it in so many different ways. We have group coaching, individual private coaching, and hundreds of hours of online courses and content that I'm creating just for you. When you're ready to take what you're learning on the podcast to the 10X level, then come check out Beyond the Rank at emilygibsoncoaching.com.